the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. The phone number here is 888-825-5225. Rachel Cruz, multiple number one best-selling author, Ramsey personality, co-host of the Smart Money Happy Hour, and my daughter is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Nicole is in Salt Lake City. Hey, Nicole, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Well, I'm so grateful to actually get to speak to both of you, especially another working mom. Um, I'm concerned with whether or not I would be harming my family's financial future if I take an extended maternity leave with my second child. Um, I did. I didn't take that with my first child, and I've had a lot of regret about that. And my husband and I are considering whether or not um, I could take a year or two off of work. Um, if I did, we wouldn't be able to put as much toward our debt snowball as we have. Um, we've paid off about two hundred seventeen thousand dollars since twenty twenty. Yeah. What do you What do you do, other, Nicole? Um, I'm an attorney. What do you make? Um. Net take home for both of us. No, I said, what do you make? I I think my net take home is one twenty. What about your husband? Um, his is about maybe sixty. I think no, it was seventy last year. His his net was seventy. What's he do? Um, he owns some some car washes. Okay. Um, so you're going to so, cut your income by sixty sixty five percent. Yes. Okay. And then we would still have $86,000 of my student loan left. It's our only debt besides our mortgage that we still have left to pay on, but we've, we've been paying on it. Um, and so it's going to set us back. We'll be able to make the minimum payments and maybe a little bit more um, with distributions, but maybe inconsistently. And um, I guess I'm just I'm concerned because we started a family later in life. Uh, we'll both be in our early 40s by the time I wanted to go back to work. Um, and so, obviously, having that debt and then having not invested that long, I'm just concerned this is going to cause harm long term. Um, I kind of want to, like, relieve you from from that, Nicole. I don't think it's harm long term. I mean, I think, yeah, your your goals are going to shift if your family goals shift, and that's a reality. Um but it's not like you're putting your family in massive danger here, right? I mean, I have some other ideas that we can talk through here in a second, but um, this, so many women feel this, and especially since you're the breadwinner of, that I have to be the one to save everything, and it's up to me, and I'm gonna put my family in danger. I'm, you know, like this language that you're using, it's, uh, it's very heavy, and I think it's, and what I would say is that it's, um, you're putting more pressure on yourself than needs to be there. Yes, getting out of debt is a huge goal. And it's one that I want you guys to work towards and one that you've made such significant progress to. But like we said, uh, the last hour of the show, we, we talked so much about how debt is a tool to create, or I'm sorry, money is a tool to create a life that you love. And you guys have to look at your family unit and your family is a priority, Nicole. I mean, your family is one that you're like, okay, what what is best for us right now? And as a mom, I get it like that. I mean, I pulled back from work after my third because I was like, I just, I want to be home more. And so all of that is real. Now, 
Does that mean we want to stop everything you guys have been doing and the progress you've made? No, I wouldn't suggest that either. And so I think a I think a wonderful middle ground, Nicole, for you is to have because I mean, an attorney, I'm like, that is such a stressful job and the hours you work. I mean, I can't even imagine. So what does life look like if Nicole stays home and her career shifts and your career looks different for a year or two? What does that look like? And so I would start you know, having that kind of conversation of, and I don't know this world, Nicole, so you probably can direct me better in this conversation from this point on in this sense, but is there work to be done that you could do, outsource your skills at some level, some degree, that is significantly less stress and less time than what you've been doing and still be bringing in some kind of flow, right? To, I, to I would, offset the student loans that are yeah. there because of law school. Right. You know, right. so let's use the law degree to clean yeah. up the law degree mess. But does it have? Does but your life have to not, look like maybe it? Maybe not in a traditional right. attorney setting. Right. What Rachel's saying, and Rachel says she pulled back. She pulled back. She's not, uh, but she's not out of the saddle either. She's, you know, her social footprint has grown. Uh, she's still doing appearances. She's still on this show. Still launched a number one best-selling kids book a few months ago, uh, and so and did all of that on you know, l- less than a full-time hour slate. In an office, yeah, yeah. correct, yeah. In, in the office. And so, um, you know, there, but we just shifted around how what we're doing with her brand and how we're doing that um, uh, for a season here while the little one is there. And so... For you, that's what I would present to you. What does, yeah. what does that shift look like, right? Because there is a, you know, there's a level of responsibility that you guys have financially right that you have to fulfill you have to make these payments and getting out of debt as you know uh lifts so many burdens right if you didn't have this debt then you could have the option to stay home full-time if you wanted right so um but but i do think think Nicole, that there's something there that there still can be money to be brought in i think you have to think creatively and that's probably what i would encourage you to do to have something and then he honestly nicole will probably have to step up his game if you guys keep this momentum uh, with paying off debt, I just don't want you to think it's an all or nothing. Yeah, things and can and, shift. And um, harm is not the right word. Rachel's right. That's an overstated word, a, a mom guilt word in this because mm-hmm. you the you guys can't win. Okay, you get mom guilt if you're at home because you sh- you feel like you should be at work, and if you're at work, you get mom guilt because you feel like you should be at home. I mean, it's a no win, and there's always some moron on either side of the coin telling you you should be doing the other one, right? And so, um, and so, we're not going to be either one of those, but probably some kind of a uh, a change, a hybrid approach, because I, I, there's a part of me that says, okay, that the you went to all the trouble and the expense and the debt to be a lawyer to go cold turkey doing nothing with that. While you've still got eighty thousand of it outstanding, that doesn't feel right either. Okay, yeah. but uh, but also not addressing this need that you've got, this desire you've got to be at home doesn't feel right. And so I, I think somewhere in there, along Rachel's suggestion, is the is the proper answer. But I I want to take the I'm with Rachel. I want to take the the guilt thing of Are you doing irreparable harm? No, you're not doing irreparable harm. You just kind of got to think through. I spent a lot of who i am mm-hmm. in money time debt effort brain power to be a lawyer and to cut that off completely even for just two years feels pretty extreme yeah and nicole and everyone's obviously created so differently 
But considering what you've done and, and as you listed all that, Dave, I was thinking like, you know, you might look up in six months and be like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm crazy. I'm not happy because I need some output. You know, so you may find that in you, how you're wired, you're going to want to do something as well. And yeah. so that's that's a possibility too. So you're yes. doing great, Nicole. You're, you're, you're going to so be good. okay. You're going to do good. You got, you're asking the right questions. Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable, Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. What percentage of Americans have at least $1,000 in their savings account? This will blow your mind. 36% of all Americans have absolutely zero in savings, one, over one in three. Another 19%, one in five, have less than $1,000 saved. That's 55% don't have $1,000. It's crazy out there, y'all. Did you guys know that uh, Stupid has a gravitational pull? That you can get stuck in an orbit around Stupid? You know how you break an orbit? You know how you break the cycle? And a burst of energy. That's how you break an orbit. And if you're ready for a change, we're going to help. We're doing the biggest live stream we've ever done. Right now, there are over 400,000 people registered to view our live stream tomorrow night, Thursday, January the 11th at 7 p.m. Central. It's by far the biggest one we've ever done. It's called Break the Cycle. It's Dr. John Deloney, Rachel Cruz, George Camel, Jade Washaw, me, navigating money anxiety, bad money habits that keep you stuck, practical money tips that actually work, and we're giving away $10,000, $1,000 to 10 different people, a total of $10,000 to people who are actually viewing this tomorrow night. If you're on the live stream, you're going to be automatically signed up to be a possible winner. No purchase necessary. The whole thing's free. RamseySolutions.com slash break the cycle. RamseySolutions.com slash break the cycle. Rachel, what you and Jade have put together, the things y'all are going to be working on, is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be great. We're we're really going to talk through what it looks like to change, right? And that change is uncomfortable, but what are the actual tactical things you can do to break the cycle? And and yeah, and one of those is is budgeting and, and every dollar is a huge, uh, our budgeting app, it's a huge tool. It's a, a huge proponent in your life and your financial life to walk with you and for you to have that's so convenient on your phone to really do this. I mean, like there really is something about being proactive with your money and the budget is really the best way to do that. And, and every dollar is that. So we're going to kind of talk through a bunch of ideas, including that one. And it's going to be, it's going to be a good night. Dalton is with us. Dalton is in Knoxville. Hey, Dalton, welcome to the Ramsey show. 
Hey, thank y'all for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Hey, um, my wife is scheduled to graduate from uh, psych nurse practitioner school a year from now in January. Uh, right now, we're about $40,000 in debt from our student loans, but that's all that we have. Everything else is paid off. And uh, after she graduates, uh, she's working part-time for a company that she plans to go full-time for. And uh, they have a program where if you work for them for two years, uh, they'll pay $50,000 off of your student debt. And so my question was, should we wait two years and let them pay off the 50000 and And uh, we just make sure it stays below 50000 and uh, Or we hurry up and pay it off beforehand. She graduates in January. When do they give you the forty thousand? Two years later. Fifty thousand. Two years later. You don't have fifty thousand in debt. You said they pay off up to fifty, so it's forty. Yeah. Well, we got forty thousand dollars right now. I think after she graduates, we're after we do the math, it's going to be about seventy, seventy-five thousand dollars. Okay. So you called me up about getting out of debt while you're going further into debt. <laughs> Uh, I guess I did. What do you make? Uh, I make about $40,000 a year. Is she working? Uh, she's working part-time. She'll make around maybe $10,000 this year. And, uh, we got two kids. And so. What are they going to pay her as a psych nurse? Uh, starting off $118,000. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Uh, okay, so it really doesn't matter. Um, you're not going to pay anything on the debt between now and the time she graduates. If we got, if you really rolled up your sleeves, you might just avoid adding so much mm-hmm. to the debt. Maybe keep it down yeah. two fifty instead of go to seventy five. Uh, you know, you guys really, really, really buckle down and not go so far in debt. Um, but there's not, so the question really comes up when she goes to work there making a hundred, do we wait two years from then for them to pay off 50 or do we just use her hundred to pay off the 50 the first year? Yeah. So the question uh, really, uh, it doesn't even come up until a year from now. Yeah. Here's what I would do. I would immediately, when she goes to work, save up the $50,000 and put it in a separate account and let it sit there. Savings account. And then if this place is hell on earth and she needs to walk out the door, you can write a check yourself and pay it off. Mm -hmm. And you've not got golden handcuffs and she has to stay in a horrible situation for two years. All right. Because you guys are used to living on 40 or 50 with her 10,000 part-time, and you're getting ready to go to 150 when she comes out. So you ought to be able to save 50 really fast. Does that make sense? Yeah, makes complete sense. Yeah. So I want you to do the same thing as getting out of debt and just pretend like you don't have that savings account over there and then if she does stay two years, obviously they're going to write a check, pay it off, and you've got an extra 50 grand laying around. Yeah. Yeah, because usually, Dalton, in these situations, what we hear is you have to be in the job for seven-plus years or like this crazy extended amount of time for this kind of benefits. We hear that a lot, and that's what I would not advise. If it's a long period of time, 
I'm just on my own. I'm going to pay it off. So I have the autonomy over my life. Two years is really, it's encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. And how much she's going to be making right out of the gate. I'm like, holy crap. It's like, she has a really great deal. I mean, you guys are in a really, really blessed situation in that sense that she's found, you know, who she's working for and all of it. I mean, like it's, there's so many upsides. Yeah, Yeah. For you guys. So that's a I think that's a great idea. Try to cash flow the next year, Dalton. Really set yourself a goal that we're not going to go any further. And yeah. and then continue that goal of like, this is what we're going to use to pay this off if something were to happen. So it still gives you an out. There's still this kind of like, we can eject if we need to. So and let, maybe she, I'm praying she loves it. She's getting paid well. They're going to pay off the debt in two years. And I'm praying she stays with it and, and it's yeah. great. But don't don't trap yourself and, in and somebody else's world. Let's say you don't go 75, but you end up 57,000 in debt when she graduates. Okay. Well, I would say, obviously, pay the seven off immediately and then put the 50 aside and then let them pay off that 50 within the two years. Um, and I, I really want um, to have uh, as much detail and as much in writing from these folks yeah. that this is going to occur also. I don't want some vague promise that a recruiter made and it's never been written down anywhere. It needs to be part of her signing bonus, her her uh, you know her employment agreement when she comes on board or whatever else that there's a written promise to do yes. this uh, because some I don't want someone having a memory problem later. That's a great point. <laughs> Such a great point. Juliet is with us in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. Juliet, I'm gonna bring you up after this coming break because I just looked down and saw the clock and I don't want to answer your question and. 15 seconds that probably wouldn't be a thing so let's distinguish because rachel you made the point on his call the seven-year plan the 10-year plan to get somebody to pay your debt off no a two-year plan yes but that's not a government plan there Mm -hmm. that's a private hospital that is desperate for psych nurses and so one of the things they're one of the throwing benefits. out. It's a benefit. It's a, one of the things they're throwing out is a corporate benefit. Yep. It's not a, uh, a failed a Biden plan. This is a real company. That's why I said get it in writing thing. Okay. And then you're going to be okay if you do that. Hey, listen up. When we invest, most of us have no idea where our money is going. But the reality is your investments could be funding social and cultural causes that you would never choose to support. With Timothy Plan, you can avoid putting your hard-earned money into things you don't approve of and invest in companies that line up with your values. With Timothy Plan's pro-life, pro-family filter, you can invest with moral responsibility while going after competitive returns. So while it's still true that you can't serve God and money, you can make your money serve your values. Contact your financial advisor today to see if Timothy Plan is right for you. Visit timothyplan.com for more information. Investing includes risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objective, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at timothyplan.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual funds distributed by Timothy Partners, LTD, and ETFs distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LSE. Hey guys, we could use your help around here. If you want to help us out, here's how you can do it. You can subscribe to the show. If you're a YouTube follower or a podcast follower, click the subscribe button, the follow button, that kind of thing. You can share the show. If that particular 
platform has the ability for you to share by a share button, do it. If not, just click the link out, cut the link out, and uh, send it to somebody on an email. Say, hey, we've been listening to these Ramsey guys, and it's uh, I'm learning something. So spread the word for us. We would appreciate it. Leave us a nice five-star review. Subscribe, share, follow, like, all those kinds of things. It helps a bunch. Uh, we know it's helping because we uh, just hit number one on Apple Podcasts of all of them. And uh, it's kind of crazy, but we've had over a billion downloads now with a B. A billion with a B. It's just mind-blowing. But thank you. It's your fault. Thank you, guys. We appreciate you. Juliet is with us in Greenville, South Carolina, as promised. Hi, Juliet. How can we help? Well, I wanted to ask your opinion. Me and my husband last year had about $250,000, and we invested at, um, in a CD at our credit union, and it has matured. And we're wondering if we should go back to the same um, thing, invested in a CD, and, um, or to look elsewhere. And we're... We really don't want to take a risk with the money. So we're both 80 years old, and we didn't feel like we wanted to take a risk in the stock market. But mm-hmm. we wanted your opinion of what you thought we should do. I would go right back and renew that CD. You would? Yeah. Okay. It doesn't pay That's very much. It's not a very good long-term investment, but it gives you a lot of peace. And you told me three times you didn't want risk. And I heard you. Right. And I heard you. Okay. 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 So I'm six, well, I'm 63, and I don't have any CDs. All of mine is invested in mutual funds in the stock market. But I'm comfortable with that risk. And I can tell by talking to you that if you did that with your 250000 you would be awake at night scared. You're probably exactly right. And the last thing I want to cause is a sweet 80-year-old person to be awake at night. (laughs) Okay. Now, let me ask you the second question. Is any of these, do you think that any of these investment companies, uh, would their CDs pay more than the credit union? They might, but it's not enough to fool with. Okay. Uh, in other words, what are you getting on this CD? What are they offering you when you renew it? Well, I think um, I think she said five point five. That's not bad at all. Okay. Okay. If you got if you got six, but you were dealing with people you didn't know and trust, like your credit union, again, yes. again, this is about sleeping well at night, and I wouldn't lose. I wouldn't go jumping around and get a half a percent more and lose sleep. Right. Because you're very okay. you're very comfortable with this credit union, and the NCUA does have a two hundred fifty thousand dollar guarantee on this, so you're covered on your guarantee. And uh, if the credit union failed, in other words, like an FDIC, but the uh, with a credit yeah. union, it's not FDIC; it's called the NCUA. But anyway, yeah, you're you're fine there. I, I personally would just tell you to stay right there. Okay, that's what I wanted your opinion. So yeah. But you need, but I'll say it again for the sake of our listeners. That's not because it's that five and a half percent is a great long term investment because it's really not. It's because I want you to be able to sleep, and five and a half percent is a good CD. And we're talking about your comfort here, 
not about a 20-year investment horizon. That's right. Okay, so if Juliet called, she's 80 years old, and she says, Dave, we got $250,000. We just cashed out the CD. Which, what's the best? What would you do if you were us? And she wasn't fearful of the risk. Juliet was. She was, ner- you know, again, I appreciated you taking care of her because, she, yes, we don't want her to be stressed out. But if somebody is 80 years old with $250,000 and they're not worried about it as much, what would you do at 80 years old? Well, with some of my investments at 63, it would also be more true at 80. I'm already realizing that some of the investing I'm doing is not for me because I'll never touch it. Yeah. It's really for the next generation. Yeah. And so uh, you guys, the Ramsey, you know, the Ramsey kids are going to be getting this stuff. And so when I make an investment decision now, unless it's a five or a 10 year horizon, if I'm buying something out there long term, I'm obviously thinking about, you know, the next generation after I'm gone. And so, uh, you know, if we're to superimpose that on her situation, if you've got 250000 you're putting it into a CD, that tells me you're not living on it because that CD is not paying you monthly. Mm-hmm. So you don't need a return on that. So they've got other money yeah. that they're living on. Mm-hmm. So they very likely, uh, unless they, something comes up and they need this money, sure, but sure. they very likely are doing their investing for the next generation mm-hmm. at 80 years old. And so if you took that mindset, it'd be easy to put it in mutual funds because you might not be here five years, but- you know, the next generation will be. Sure, yeah. And you could leave, they could leave it alone. Just, you know, we're going to dump 250000 in mutual funds, and then when we pass, it'll pass to the kids. Yeah, yeah. And you, know, uh, you, never, you never touch it. You're not really investing for yourself at that point. Yes. Okay, so here's here's what's funny. I was telling you during the break, Winston and I sat with our SmartVestor Pro this morning. Mm-hmm. We do it once a year and kind of like look at all the investments. And uh, I was actually telling uh, someone out in the lobby, Avery, she's 15, and she was talking about her Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. And I told her that uh, I looked at when, when I started mine mm-hmm. and when I started working for you guys, mm-hmm. even in high school and all of it. And, and as we're talking through all the numbers and looking at everything, you know, our investment pro, he was like, okay, this is good. And, you know, here and here and here. And he's like, and what's crazy is what you guys are investing here, you probably won't touch. It'll be for your kids. And so as you're saying this to me, your daughter, you're investing money that you won't touch. I'm investing money I probably won't touch. And that, you guys, is a family tree change. Like when we yeah. say yeah. that what you're doing today. When you don't need the money to live you, or to you do start the things you want to do. Yeah, yeah. To, to, to pass that on. And when you give dignity to your kids' parents out there with little ones and teach them to work and and you know, be able for them to live out the principles on their own, regardless of what their parents are doing. And then they teach it to their kids, right? It's just this big, big legacy snowball effect that just keeps turning over and over. When everyone does their part (laughs) in each generation, it just keeps it going down the line. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. And it's really um, encouraging all to you out there that are on baby steps one, two, and three, and you're really grinding it out. Well, and if you you blink, you start to do this. If you blink, It'll be 20 years because that Roth IRA you did as a teenager is 20 years old. Mm-hmm. And that money that you were working and, you know, I filed a tax return. I paid the taxes on it. and I, It was an know, $800 initial investment. Yep. Isn't that funny? He pulled it up. It was $800. Yeah. That, that, that was what your earned income was that year. Yeah. And that's what you're allowed to report. And I put that in into a Roth. And then the next year, I think it was probably 1500 or something or whatever. I mean, several years in a row, we did that with each of you as you worked. And, um, but I mean, 20 years later, 
Yeah. It's amazing what that becomes. It's great. It's crazy. It's great. Lindsay is in Illinois. Hi, Lindsay. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hello. Um, so my question for you is if I should keep the house that I have or if I should get um, sell it and buy a less expensive home. How much so is your house payment? Um, it is 525 a month. How are you going to get less expensive than 525 a month? Well, that doesn't include my homeowner's insurance or my real estate taxes. That's yeah, okay. So How much do you make, Lindsay? I make 40000 40000 Is there something wrong with the house you're in? No, it's just very big, and um, it's, I have a hard time paying the real estate taxes. How much are your real estate taxes? 3500 That's $300 a month which makes you have an $800 house payment making 40k. You ought to be able to do that on a budget. Sounds like you've got debt in other places that are causing the strain or you're not budgeting one of the two. Your real estate's not your problem. This is the Ramsey show. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey personality, number 1 best-selling authors. Author of several books including the latest kids book I'm glad for what I have, yeah. and it blew up, and we've sold out of them. We've got the reorder back in now. We're back on uh, Amazon. Still sold out. Amazon. So come to RamseySolutions.com to get a copy. Now. And just to do a shout out, I know this is a show all over the world, but I'm doing a book signing at the Books a Million in Mount Juliet on Saturday. I'm you gonna, are. Yep, I'm going to do a two readings, an old fashioned book signing. I am. I know at wow. eleven o'clock Central Time. So we, I we know, used to do those before the Fauci pandemic. I want. That's so I cool. do. I love a book signing. I love hanging out with people. I want to. So, that's anyways, cool. I know the Mount Juliet Books a Million reached out, and we were like, "Yeah, let's do some local book signing." So, and books all a you million, in the books Nashville Million's a great company too. I've done a bunch with them over the years. Yeah. So anyone in the Nashville area, come really out on cool. Saturday. And the Mount Juliet, that's got a fairly new store out there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice uh, area out there now. Yeah, beautiful. Or not now. It always is, Mount Juliet. Always has been. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's all kind of blown up, and there's a bunch of new stuff. Yes, yes. Rachel is in Sacramento. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, guys. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. How can we help? Um, So my husband and I own a house that faces a pretty busy road, um, and we've been discussing what the next plan of this Um, part of our life is um, and there's been a project on this road um, to widen it and um, so you're kidding there's road construction in California I know right (laughs) the state flower is an orange cone beautiful Dave (laughs) (laughs) it's gotta be beautiful Um, in any case I were concerned or I am concerned I'm more concerned than my husband about eventually getting um, an imminent domain situation where um, we would have to sell it we kind of want to make this our our home home and so we've put a lot of sweat equity and have some good equity in it um, so I would prefer to um, sell the investment now and go and find something that we can actually make our home or we kind of gamble and see whether or not they take our whole house or just up to our front door. Because <laughs> your quality of life, Rachel, changes drastically, right? When this happens. 
<laughs> would you say? I mean, yeah. like, do you feel that? Yeah, I'm like that. Yeah, it changes. Are they the game. for I mean, sure going to take something, or you're just thinking? Wait a minute. Have they already announced a no. Wayne a lane widening that is going to take some of your yard, or you're just thinking that pretty soon they're going to? So they have announced and are actively working on the street we live on to widen it, but they take it like block by block. So we are the next block, but they haven't announced that. And they have, there's a process. So this wouldn't be like right now. I'm just preparing. We've been yeah, in but your buyer, your buyer would know all of this. Um, it's so. They might know all of this. It hasn't been announced that our block is actively being worked on and they have to get, you know, a whole bunch of permits and grants and things. So it'll be a few years, but that's why I'd like to sell before this is in front of us. Yeah, go ahead and sell it. What's wrong with selling it now? Um, We are adjacent to the area we'd like to be in, but those houses are selling for like $700,000 and we only have about 200 K in equity. So, um, we would either have your home to be really stretched for 40, 460. Okay. All right. Well, do you need to move? Yes. Do you need to double the price of your house? No. Okay. So, I mean, you, there's some other options on the table here somewhere. I mean, you guys could, Rachel, yeah. go rent somewhere for a year or two, save, and then go to what's where your, you guys want to be. What's your household income? So, we have about 92000 yeah, 92000 annual right now. I okay. just got another job, though. Okay. Well, I guess you guys talk through what we tell folks to do is never take out a mortgage more, more than a 15-year where the payment's more than a fourth of your take-home pay. If you can make a move to another neighborhood that fits that, that gets all of this um, uncertainty out of your life, then yes, I would do that. No, I would not use this as an excuse to overbuy and put yourself in a pinch on the other side and go, oh, well, we had to. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Uh, you didn't have to. You didn't have to get yourself bankrupt. So just buy a home where the payment, after you put your down payment, your equity from your other house, is no more than a fourth of your take-home pay on a 15-year fixed. If you're doing that, I'm all for your move. If you're going to take out more than that, I'm not for your move. And that's that's the guidelines that we use around here. Jacob is in Rochester, New York. Hi, Jacob. How are you? Hi, Dave. How are you today? I'm uh, good. Good. How can we help? So I am 18 years old. I'm attending. I'm a freshman at a small university in upstate New York going for astrophysics. And what I'm calling about today is... Um, unfortunately, a couple months ago, my father passed away. Oh, no. What happened? And, uh, he had a heart attack while he was mowing the lawn. How old his, was his, he? His house. How Sorry, old, say that again? How old was he, Jacob? He turned 60 in July. I'm so sorry. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. Thank you. Oh. Wow. Thank you. Oh, that's tragic. So, mm. yeah. So the reason that I'm calling is because he also left me a pretty substantial amount of money through his life insurance policy, which was 334000 in cash. And so my question is what I should be doing with that. I do, you know, have a thought in, you know, the back of my head right now. Obviously, 
paying cash for college yes. would make sense, yes. I would think. Yes. Right now, it's going to be about 80 to 100 to finish my degree. Okay. And How were, how so were I, you paying for the degree before his passing? Well, my mom had about 35 saved up in a college fund. It was a little bit more before the pandemic, and then it went down a little bit, but that's what she had saved up. So she was, so we were going to take out student loans, you know, as you do and just pay them off, you know, like any normal person would. So, okay. So that was the original plan. Wow. So here, here's, this sounds like when you've gone through a tragedy and when you're 18 years old, this sounds like it's a lot of money and it can, it's not, it will evaporate if you're not very, very careful. Mm. So you have to. That's what I'm really worried about. Yeah, you have to like raise your right hand and pretend like that money's not there. Swear off of it, okay? The only the with the the only exception being just paying college tuition. And I want you to drain down the college fund before you even touch this for those purposes. So what I want you to do is number one, swear off of using the money. I want you to figure out a way to get through life with no student loans and without burning this money so we're not going and buying a car we're not going and buying a house we're not going on a trip we're not doing anything like that okay we're simply going to get through school and live on beans and rice while we're doing it that's it then when you get through school and have your degree go get a job and then that money's sitting there and can grow as an investment and be a huge blessing to you later on okay so let's pretend mm-hmm. that 330 you use it up you use 80 and finish school that leaves you 250 if you'll leave it alone in seven years at 25 years old that 250 will be a half a million if you'll leave it alone in seven years that half a million will be a million at 32 at 32 years old you're a millionaire if you'll figure out a way to live and use eighty thousand dollars of this for tuition and leave your hands off the rest of it that's kind of cool yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the numbers will do. But that the big problem is not the money. The big problem is you keeping your hands a, off of it. And that's in a mutual fund. Yep, that's in a good mutual fund. So right. jump Invested. on jump on RamseySolutions.com and click on SmartVestor and sit down with the SmartVestor Pro and learn about mutual funds and talk through how you can use 80 of this to finish your school, get a job, live with your own earnings and keep your hands off of this and it'll make you a millionaire when you're 32 that's kind of cool sorry you're going through this but it could be a huge blessing obviously this is the ramsey show